Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, it's our healthcare sub-series, and today we have another amazing leader sharing her journey and her heart leading through 2020. Dr. Maureen Fagan is the Chief Nursing Executive at University of Miami Health System in Miami, Florida. Maureen is gifted at how she connects with people and is passionate about leading resilience and helping her people recharge. We're going to hear about her leadership journey alongside the front lines in healthcare this year, and we're also going to learn of some of her favorite best practices that help employees find their reserves. We're going to talk about the importance of teaching our people to reframe and recharge. Maureen, why is this topic so important to you and core to your leadership work right now? So reframing and recharging in a time of pandemic is critical because as nurses, there are times when we have higher amounts of patients in the hospital. So we're caring for more people with COVID while we're still caring in other areas of the hospital for people with um, all of the issue sets that they come in with that require surgery or medical care. So how do you come back and show up being your best authentic self every single day? And you and so if you're not reframing what you see on the news and what you see in your community and then go to work and see the aftermath of that and try to still be your authentic self, you need to be able to reframe and to position yourself at work to care for your patients and to care for their families. And when I say that, families are not allowed in anymore. So you don't really have the benefit of the healing effect that families provide to patients. So as a nurse, you really have this front and center and you want to be able to meet the moment of caring for these patients, um, COVID or not COVID, if they're able to speak with you in a way that puts them at ease. So that requires you to listen really actively to what patients are saying and what families need to hear about their patients and be able to give back the information that you need them to hear so that they actually feel better. They understand what's happening with their loved ones. So reframing, you know, how do you feel about the COVID pandemic in general to, okay, now what am I going to do now that I'm in the moment? It's a real, it's a real switch in your mind about your opinion about something. And, and it's an informed opinion because you are seeing this and then what do you do when you're in a caring moment to be able to bring compassion and kindness to the scientific inquiry that you have, to the, to the skill sets that you bring to um, the patient at the bedside or the patient in an ambulatory practice or the patient in an emergency department? Absolutely. You know, you said something so profound. It just stuck with me. It's been probably three months ago that we talked on the phone and uh, just a casual conversation. And you said, you know, the most important part or something like this, the most important part of my work and, you know, our leadership team right now is helping our people find their reserves. And I I feel, I was like, oh, we got to capture that in a podcast episode. So I'm just, you know, what we're talking about today is just so important because the work that you and your team members, everybody that's serving in a medical capacity right now, it's just, 
it's overwhelming, it's exhausting. And to be able to help to find those reserves, like that's what we're, we're here to talk about today. And really going down this path of reframing, I think you did a good job of just helping us set the tone on what is reframing, which thank you for that. Share an example of how reframing has come up in your work recently, like walk us through a story. So I think when I meet with um, the nursing leadership, um, so I'm the, the senior executive, and to be on a unit, on a floor, right, not working in my office, but going up and rounding with the nursing leadership and um, visiting with patients, I think when you see an executive that's on the floor in what we would call the trenches, that's our slang, for being on the unit and seeing the patients and meeting the patients and hearing their stories about how did they land here and, oh my goodness, they didn't believe this was going to happen to them. And listening to the nurses, and I can see that when I do that, nursing leadership in the and the nurses on the front line that are their staff step back and listen to me. They listen to me talking to the patient. And when I'm talking with the patient, I'm cognizant of the fact that I'm modeling the behavior that I would like them to have, the comportment of what I would like them to be providing. And so it's very positive when another nurse, regardless of whether you're in leadership or not, listens to a nurse who has a really consistent, compassionate comportment. And so what I mean by that is that you're staying on point with what the patient is explaining to you. And if the patient is sad about um, having gotten COVID and they just couldn't believe it and that they didn't think it would happen to them, which is a very common phenomenon, that you're obviously saying, you know, I'm so sorry that this happened to you. You're, you're being able to meet them where they are at this moment with the, I'm sorry that this has happened to you. And how are you feeling now? And did you expect this is how you were going to feel? So what you're doing is focusing the negative mindset that the patient is in currently or the, or the honest, it may not look like despair, but it's on that continuum. And then you're saying, how am I going to, in your mind, how am I actually going to be focusing on something positive? So you're taking that mindset, that negative mindset, and giving it the reframe that we talked about to something positive. Well, your family is, we talk to your partner, we talk to your significant other, we talk to your children, they're really rooting for you. Let's FaceTime them. Do you want to do that right now? And I can get on with you and FaceTime and talk to your to your family. And so you're you're switching the conversation. You're acknowledging that you know, yes, you're here and you never thought this was going to happen to you. And from the lens of nursing, we know this is going to happen to you. You don't wear a mask. You, you don't um, physically distance from folks. And, you know, you're thinking, you know, I, I have a friend and that friend is my age and she got it and she's fine. So you have all these other thoughts in your head. But what I'm going to do right now is connect you back to your family and I'm going to connect you back to that healing energy. That can happen over FaceTime. That can happen on the phone. You don't actually physically have to be in the room. You can be, but you don't have to be. So we are physically in the room, sending you that energy while we're holding the um, iPad, while we're actually in the frame with you or not in the frame with you. So it's, it's something that is... We do that in a way that I will do it to be able to show the nurses, this is a great way of doing this. It takes five minutes. It looks like it could take longer, but you as a nurse will actually feel 
restored by this and rejuvenated by this. And then that goes back to how you are becoming resilient. When you get these small areas or bursts of a good feeling, you're doing a good thing right here. You're connecting this family together. That's a good thing that you can do. That sends back this energy to you and connects you back to your purpose of why you're in this role in the first place. This is why you are passionate about this work, this feeling right here that you have. And that's really what, in leadership, we really try to um, tie this back to the purpose that you studied so hard and went into nursing or became a physician or became a social worker or became a respiratory therapist in the first place, a sitter, an observer, all these people that are incredibly important right now in COVID because you know we learned how to partner together as a team in the beginning we didn't know what to expect. A lot of people were incredibly fearful and, you know, we got our courage and we got our sea legs on courage. And then we went forward and we connected with patients and we wore our PPE and we learned how to do it together. So the camaraderie of that, making a team and and then creating that team day in and day out. So as nurses, we create new teams every day. So who's on with you today? What's your team going to look like today? Oh, great. Mary's on. Oh, great. Richard's on. This is going to be so good. So those kinds of connections that we make in community with each other, we are a healing community. And when you come into our community, that's the energy that you, the patient and the family member feel. So it, it works very synergistically. I started off with one small little story, but then you see this ripple of what happens afterward when we think in community and we realize, oh, you know what? The patient could really benefit right now from talking to their family right now. Let's just talk for two minutes and then we'll connect and we'll move on. Totally. So on my end, as the listener hearing that story, I just kept thinking positivity as a domino effect because, you know, you took this scenario and tried to, you know, make that patient family member, the the patient feel as comfortable as possible to just bring that positive side and then to be able to reframe and, and set a more positive tone. And then ultimately you walk away as the provider in a positive light because you feel like you made that impact, right? And it just, it's just the domino effect that just rallies throughout. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I know you're really passionate about, you know, any change starting from the top. Those of us that are in leadership really emphasizing and modeling, like we started off the episode. So in the journey of leading resiliency, what's the first step we have to take as leaders in practicing resiliency ourselves? So I think one needs to learn how to reflect, how to step back out of a situation. And it may not be that you can do it while the situation's going on, but once the situation is over, you need to actually step back and reflect what just happened here. And the more you can do it honestly with yourself and not get into, well, I couldn't believe she did it like that. I couldn't, you know, so take a, take a stand in it. I think if you reflect back and use the lens of objectivity, you know, I know I I got triggered by when he or she said this or that, and then that made me do what? And so, you know, I, I tell my staff, and I've told my staff this for years, don't take the bait when something is happening. Right there, there might be somebody that you're you're having a conversation with, and it's becoming provocative for some reason. 
and you want to make a point or you want to be able to actually understand why are you feeling like that? And if you are doing that, what you can see come up from the person that you're speaking with or the group that you're speaking with is, well, you think this, or, you know, well, it's easy for you to say because of that. Those things are bait. And I think if you, if you actually respond back with, well, you know, I think that because da, 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 that actually just cascades. And so when you're looking back on this after the event is over or the, the um, conversation is over, I think when you reflect back, that begins your process flow yourself of how you become, how you restore and rejuvenate yourself based on your reflection. What would I do differently next time? You know, when she said that, I get, I did get triggered. I got, now why did I get triggered, right? You go down that pathway of figuring out what triggered you actually about that? What did it remind you about? So this whole exercise in reflection enables you to move further into the, um, into the realistic step that actually in the future will help you improve the situation next time. So you become very honest with yourself about that. And, and some people do that and they journal it and they read it back. Some people think about it in the moment or meditate on it, but the reflection piece before you go out or before you are coming in as the leader, I think needs to, needs to come first before you go out and talk with people. And it's not like you're going out on stage. I almost make it sound like I'm an actor, but I don't mean it as an actor. I mean it as, as being able to move forward in a leadership way that enables you to connect with your staff. And it's not a hierarchical connection. It's a peer connection in terms of the work that we do as nurses, because we understand that Nurses are the environment of care. We use our cells and our energy to create an environment of care, and then we use our science to be able to care for the patient with our skills and with our um, our clinical understanding of what the process is. So, you know, you're you're constantly as a keen observer looking at patients to be able to understand what I call the prodrome, the beginning of something happening to you, right? You're going to have a stroke, but it's not right now. Right now you look like your face is getting a little bit redder. Are you all right? How do you feel? Do you feel okay? If you stay calm in that comportment when you're talking to somebody, but you're just trying to understand what is this right that I see right before me, that actually then supports your nursing staff to do that. To help find our reserve, self-care is critical, right? So share what that's looked like for you in your life, uh, especially in this year, and um, self-care encouragement or tools you provided for staff. First of all, we all became immersed in Zoom, right? And I, the connection where you are visually looking at someone has become the new normal, if you will, instead of actually being in a room with somebody. And so how do you actually, um, how do you incorporate that into self-care? And so one of the things I do with my family, with my husband and two um, sons that are in their early 20s, is go on a Zoom and and the four of us talk. And it's kind of funny in a way because 
you know, if you if you're home all the time, then you know you're not showering right away. You can you can do your work with your um, with your camera off, and people can hear you, but they don't actually see what you look like. And so, it, to me, it was very funny. And we use humor a lot. Humor is a really wonderful tool, and if you're really good at using humor to lift people up, it is um, it's a wonderful tool. So. Part of my self-care is when I get home, I am quiet for a solid hour. I don't watch television. I don't read. I sit outside. And I think sitting outside, no matter what the temperature is, if you're dressed the right way, to be able to actually breathe without your mask outside, without anyone else being around you, is a saving grace in this pandemic. And I think that's something that a lot of people are not they're, they're not really using maybe, or you are if you have family, thank goodness, um, and, and kids that are little kids because you want them to be outside and um, or if you have animals, right? So if you have any kind of what we call fur creature then um, or fur baby, that, um, that you actually have all these different types of communication that restore and rejuvenate you. So part of the self-care that I have is power walking, looking at art, but looking at it maybe online, watching funny movies. Like I love Devil Wears Prada, like just really, you know, movies that you already know them and you've seen them for so long, but they're incredibly visually beautiful. And I find that uh, a tremendous amount of fun, but also is very restorative and rejuvenating for me. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And then how about in the workplace, have things changed with how you provide opportunities for self-care for staff or just tools that you're giving them? Share a little bit about what that looks like. So first of all, one of the things that we did for everybody was to feed them, right? So normally you'd go to the cafeteria, you'd buy your lunch or you'd bring your own lunch. And what we're doing now is actually feeding everyone ourselves. And I don't have to tell you that food is medicine. And to be able to see that your environment is feeding you is a message that I think is, it's nonverbal in a way, but it's, it's a sign of love. And I am one of the people that I say to my staff all the time that I tell my staff I love them. And I say, this is professional love. I love you in a professionally loving way. And I make I made this up. I coined this term professional love. So when I say goodbye at the end of the night, I say goodbye. I love you professionally speaking. And that became a joke with us. Like, I'm going to explain to you the way I love you. And it's different than from the way you love your partner. And it's different from the way that you love your children and your animals. Well, maybe not your animals, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm saying it from the realistic nature of you put in a, in a great day's work we care for people every single day. And I just want you to know, I really appreciated that every single day, all day. And thank you. And I love you. I think that think what you're doing is amazing. So see you tomorrow. Come back. I need you back here. I, I joke at the end of the day and I'll say, this was so much fun. Let's do this again tomorrow. Don't you think this would be fun if we did that tomorrow, knowing full well they have to come in tomorrow? So those kinds of reframes, I think, are part of the shots of energy that you get during the day, but then also creating an environment where I'm bringing you coffee or I'm bringing you tea or I'm giving you a sweet treat or something like that, where we're having a little connection. So today, for instance, it's October birthday month. 
So there's cupcakes because you have to, you can't make, you can't eat something really big together anymore. So you have wrapped things individually. So when you stay on point for how do you care for yourself and everyone else in the time of COVID when we're in a community together, um, we obey all the rules and we still create the energy and the fun. And, and part of this is that you've got to pull away from the depth of, of what's happening here to be able to come back, to have fun, to be able to come back to purpose, right? You Adults learn when they're having fun. And that's a very interesting concept that people don't always recognize. So there's got to be little snippets of energy and fun in your day. I love that. So I'd love for you to share a couple more ideas that leaders can use today or this week in finding their reserves. So let's have you share like a go-to best practice for a one-on-one interaction with someone that is just really having a rough afternoon, you know, and then give us just a best practice in that conversation and kind of walk us through how you help to, you know, reframe and kind of reset and help that person re-energize. The first thing I do is take them out of their the environment that they're in right now, right? So I'm going to invite you, and I use these words, I'd like to invite you back to my office and I'd like to have a conversation because I, I just want to be able to have a check-in with you. I need a gut check or I need a, a reality check. And so I've told you right away that I'm inviting you to come out of your environment and I'm saying, and I'm using the invitation as opposed to come with me, right? I'm not being declarative. I'm allowing you the power to come with me. And so I think when the person is walking, when we're walking together, I one of the first things I do as I'm walking next to them, not in front of them or behind them, I'll say, you're okay. And I say that in a way that even though right now they may not feel okay, I want them to know that, you know, you at baseline are okay. And so we're just, we're just going to talk in my office or talk in, you know, in a private space to be able to connect and say, what happened? How can I help you with this? So I'm not talking to you because I want to tell you you didn't do a good job. I don't want to do anything about that, about what happened here, because something happened and maybe you took some bait from somebody about something that it triggered you. And because you're connecting and you're not right in the moment, but I just want you to know that it's okay. And how can how can I help you find that comportment again? That's what I'm here for. How do I help you do that? So I set the expectation that you can tell me what it is that you need right now. If you need a few minutes, if you need to be in, in a quiet space, if you want to go outside for 10 minutes and just take a breath outside, you know, do you want me to come with you or do you want to do that by yourself? And um, if that's so, then I'm going to go to the nursing leader on the unit and Ask her to have someone pick up your patient for 15 minutes and then, you know, come on back. So the point that I'm making is I remove them out of the actual environment that they're in to be able to say, how are you? Go to a room that has actual sunlight in it where you can, you know, see the outside where, you know, it looks normal, if you will. The interesting thing about COVID is that it's not a snowstorm. It's not a hurricane. It's not something that is a weather event where you've got to batten down the hatches. It's something that's invisible, but it can kill you. So it's kind of a weird 
phenomenon because it looks gorgeous outside, but you can be outside, but you can't be in, in the environment with a, with a lot of people. And so if you're always caring for someone, if that's your, your job and you aren't at home all the time, you are in the work environment and it's a dangerous environment because it could affect you too. I think that was a big game changer for nurses and for physicians and for all of the interprofessional staff that work together on the team. If I'm not careful, I can get COVID. So I have to be careful. And that is something that we're not used to. Just like we're not being used to being called heroes now. That's not something that ever was called attention to for us. So it felt a little weird and uncomfortable. But also, it's something where now we recognized we would do our best no matter how long it took to help you. But now we have to be careful and make sure that we help ourselves first. So that's really been a a shift in focus for us that we had to get used to. So it's interesting. It's an interesting time. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that and going as deep as you did. You know, there's a common theme here throughout your conversation with me, and it's the power of listening. You've brought it up so many times. Like I just meet them where they are and I'd let them talk and they feel heard. And then we move forward with the next step. You've always started there. And I think sometimes we overlook that it's, you know, and, and don't, don't start there. And so you've brought that up so many times. So I just encourage all of us to, you know, pause and, and just take, take a little bit more time for listening before we start in on any, anything new, we're going to try to, you know, help to, you know, build this resiliency. But Maureen, before we go into the, the final question here, I did want to just touch on a best practice that you're incorporating right now and finding some success with in group meetings to help team members just gain energy and, and recharge what comes to mind. So one of the things we like to do is to come on a little bit earlier and just chat it up, right? And say, so the interesting thing, I think that happens in a lot of hospital systems is that your meeting before lets out a little bit late. You have to run to the other side of campus to go to your next meeting. So now you're five minutes late or you're seven minutes late and everybody's waiting in in the real room. That was the olden days, right? But now with Zoom, you are clicking into one Zoom, you're clicking into another Zoom. And you might get off your Zoom a little bit early. So you go into your next Zoom earlier. And that's been fun because whoever is on early, you get to say hello to and and talk about other things to. And when the new folks come on, you can see them come on before they actually come on. So if you're already talking, the other person realizes, oh, you know, I already... I already like want to talk to these people too. And now we have another two minutes before we're actually going to start the Zoom. So I find that a lot of fun. I just think that's, you know, you can be a little silly. You can say, you know, how are you? Where are you? You know, what's your virtual background is that, you know, I was home on Friday and I I live in Boston. So, um, so it's gorgeous right now in Boston. Right. And the leaves were falling on the trees behind me. And I was a little early to the zoom and someone was saying to me, how did you get your virtual background to like, look so real? And I thought, I just started laughing. I said, that is real. That's my backyard. So I was, I'm here in Miami and we don't have that maple tree here. Right. Let alone, is it, is it like dropping its leaves? And so it was just the funniest thing to for people because your background becomes this topic of something you're going to talk to. So I think to be to be a little silly changes the energy in a room, and to be silly with um, without hurting someone's feelings. So silly stays in a realm of being funny and 
being childlike in its environment. And that is a very high energy field to be like that. It's like singing. Singing is another very high energy field that you can capture, but silliness does that too. Yeah, I love that. And you know, adding relationship building time now is so critical because you think, you know, the way we used to be, it was like, hey, let's go grab lunch or let's go grab a coffee or, you know, let's just chat it up in the hallway for a few minutes. And, you know, a lot of just many of our environments don't allow for that. And we're just like you said, clicking into one Zoom, the next Zoom, the next Zoom. And if you're just like on agenda all the time, I mean, you're just not, you have none of that like, light time in your day, you know, and just the the time to look at the beautiful tree leaves in someone's background like you shared. So I think that's just such a key takeaway, adding in relationship building time, especially for those of us that are majority virtual, you know, just being very intentional about that. Thank you for bringing that up. And Maureen, just thank you for sharing today. You're sharing your heart. You can just tell like you just really embrace the work that you do and just just care so much. So thank you for sharing all these stories and best practices. I want to wrap this section with what are you most proud of in your leadership work reflecting on 2020 so far? I think I'm proudest of the fact that our staff has not been so sick that they've died. And I think that's just, thank goodness that that's happened because you can see what's happened in the nation in terms of caring for each other. When we have to care for each other, it's it's both a blessing and it's a curse in a way because it really makes you feel like, oh, geez, this could have been me, right? So I think I'm really proud of that piece, even though it sounds a little bit melancholy. It's a real thing that we that is top of mind for us as nurses, as physicians, as respiratory therapists, as the observers, all the people in the room, all the people that care for us in COVID and that care for us in the other ICUs and the ED. So I, I really am proud of that, that we've, you know, been able to create an environment. Our our EVS workers, you can't even imagine what heroes they are. They clean like there's no tomorrow. And they are just passionate people about cleaning. And so, you know, we thank them every single day. You know, we, I I literally thank our people every single day, wherever I see them because of that. So I'm, I'm really proud of, of my staff and I'm proud of the leadership. I'm proud of, of everyone that shows up to work every single day. And the power of gratitude to reset. We can't forget that because as you just shared, you know, what are you most proud of? Everything had to do with gratitude, you know, in our days, you know, just someone that's listening right now, if you are having a challenging afternoon, morning, whatever, you know, go spend two minutes and just reflect on what you're most proud of, you know, for, you know, what you've got through this year, what you've helped your people through this year, just, you know, that practice of gratitude just completely resets. Um, and that's a great way to find reserve. So uh, Maureen, this was awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. We're going to take just a quick break here from our sponsor today, and then come back to what we call our lightning round, where we just take a minute to learn just a little bit about you before we close out. We'll be right back. So in our efforts to launch this healthcare sub-series on gut plus science, my why is Wambi. Wambi specializes in serving the industry that needs the most support, love, and gratitude, and that's healthcare. 
Together with Wambi, we will be building a community of people-first healthcare leaders and influencers to make a big, positive impact on patient satisfaction and overall experience of patients and families, and also engagement of the very valuable healthcare workers in this world. So visit Wambi.org to learn more and hit me up. If you want to talk about the cool partnerships we're working on at Wambi, Nikki and I, KKI at Wambi, W-A-M-B-I.org. It'll be in the show notes too. And I am so grateful to be part of this team and part of this movement. Many cool things to come. All right, we're back on Gut Plus Science Healthcare with Maureen Fagan. This has been just such a, a wonderful episode. And uh, now we get to spend, like we do on every episode, a little bit of time learning about our guests. So uh, Maureen, I've got a couple of questions for you. The first one, it's always a tough one for everyone, but we put your name forever on, on this list. So what is your favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read? So my favorite book of all times is called The Omnivore's Dilemma. It's by Michael Pollan, and it's the science of the food industry. And um, it's a whole, it's a very deep read about how um, meat is produced in America. And it's really no holds barred. And I just learned such a tremendous amount about it. I read it with my son. At the time, he was uh, 12 and we read it together. And it was the most, one of the most powerful books that I've ever read. And for right now, I love everything Brene Brown. How about a favorite vacation spot? Okay, my number one vacation spot in the world is Cape Cod in Massachusetts. It's unbelievably beautiful. It's, you know, water and um, beautiful birds and wildlife. And it's very, it's incredibly peaceful there. And Maureen, how about a favorite hobby when you're not working? I love to garden. It is very quiet. It's incredibly um, soothing for me. Amending the soil is really a a fun thing to do, understanding the science of the soil and amending the soil and then um, gardening and then categorizing it over the months of the garden and then being figuring out what I'm going to do next year. So I like to say you can move things. You don't need a committee. No one needs to decide with you what you have to do. So it's really somewhat antithetical to the work environment when you're creating alone. I find that incredibly restorative. And uh, final question, how can our listeners connect with you after the show today? You can certainly follow me on LinkedIn. I love talking to people on LinkedIn. It's a very interesting community for me because there's a lot of like-minded individuals that source me out. And so I'm happy to talk with you all. Dr. Maureen Fagan, thank you again for your time and the inspiration you shared today. I'm going to summarize my key takeaways and uh, we call this our truth you can act on. So truth you can act on from Maureen Fagan. Number one, listen to hear and empathize and help shift the conversation to a positive from what you heard. That's reframing and it's a really powerful practice. Number two, don't take the bait. Practice stepping back and reflecting and responding in a sound state. We have control over how we respond and no one wants to get rattled and throw off their day. So simply step back and reflect before response. Number three, step away from the challenging environment to recharge. Sometimes we need another step here, which is to talk it through. As a leader, spend time listening and making sure your staff feels heard and ask them to tell you how you can help. Just simply stepping away from the challenging environment might just be enough. But as a leader, spending time really just walking alongside as Maureen shared and helping to find a solution and 
make that staff member feel that, that you're ready to help is so powerful. Number four, build in wiggle room to have relationship building, energy filling talks. So watch out for scheduling Zooms back to back on agenda and spend time conversing and sharing some humor or gratitude. Build in a little bit of that white space to do that. So another great episode. Until next time, be well and find the joy in everything you can. See you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.